What's up, guys? Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks for downloading this week's radio show into podcast form. We appreciate that. And please do rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Can't thank you enough for doing that. If you do it, send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. That's Pete M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com, a screenshot of your review, and I will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. It's a great deal. I really appreciate it, and enjoy the show. Keep it rolling at Heartland College Sports Weekly. I'm Pete Mundo, and let's now welcome in Cedric Golden. Does a great job, Austin American Statesman, a sports columnist down there. And uh, Cedric, we appreciate a couple minutes out of you. And where I want to begin is with this uh, Texas team. You know, going into this Iowa State game, they snapped the two-game losing streak last week against Texas Tech. A little concerning there that Tech might mount another comeback for a second straight year, but. What did that win, being able to blow the 17-point lead, come back for the victory, what did that say about this team to you? Uh, to me, Pete, it said that they've, they've kind of found some maturity over these last few years because they've been in lots of games like this over the years and came up short. And I think the uh, lesson they learned against Oklahoma, up 45-24 in the fourth quarter, and then blowing that lead, giving up 21 unanswered, before winning 48-45, showed them that they they could um, suffer some adversity and still rebound. I think the experiences from the past have kind of helped galvanize this team and show them that they're able to still win games even when bad things happen. Cedric, I've been very impressed uh, by not just Sam Ellinger's on-field play this season, the way it's improved, but his his leadership. Um, I don't want to make the comparison because I don't think it's fair to him, but you've heard it bounced around a bit, and you know whether he is uh, similar to a Tim Tebow-type player. But talk more, if you could, for us, and just give us some insight into the leadership quality of Sam Ellinger and how true that really is in that locker room. Yeah, that's a great question. He, he, As a freshman, I think he tried to take it upon himself to try and make a home run play on every play. Uh, he lost a couple of games uh, fumbling on the goal line at USC, uh, throwing an interception into the end zone in the red zone against Oklahoma State. Just freshman mistakes where you're trying to be perfect, but he's, I think he's kind of grown into himself and figured out that sometimes you just have to live to play another day. It's okay to throw the ball out of bounds and uh, live for the next play. Uh, His improvement has just been astounding uh, from freshman to sophomore year. He's thrown 283 passes, I believe, without an interception. He threw two in the opener against Maryland and hasn't thrown one since. Uh, I just think that he's kind of figured out that he doesn't have to be Superman on every play. Mm -hmm. And uh, when when you figure out that you just need to let your talented teammates do their part and and play high-percentage football, good things can happen. He's the only quarterback in the FBS with 300-plus pass attempts and only two interceptions. Mm-hmm. Cedric Golden, Austin American Statesman, is joining us. And Cedric, you mentioned that this team has been in a lot of close games in six straight games now decided by uh, six points or less. When you talk to Tom Herman about the amount of close games this team has been in and the fact that you know they've had success in them more than they haven't, what is his takeaway? Is he disappointed that they've lost three of these games by five points or less? Or does he say, hey, look at the games we've won? 
He was he was asked that question at the, this morning's availability, and the first thing he said is, "I enjoy winning," because he's been on the short end of some of these types of games, and so what he what he believes is, uh, you just play to the last second ticks off the clock, and if and, and if it's in your favor, then that's good, and more times than not, it's been in Texas's favor. Uh, Pete, they've played their last five games have been decided in the last 30 seconds. That's unheard of. Mm-hmm. 40, 19, 14, 48, 45, 23, 17. They had one win Baylor thrown into the end zone in Austin to try to beat them. Uh, lose on a two-point conversion uh, against West Virginia. Taylor Cornelius from Oklahoma State the week before runs it in to beat them. So those those are the kind of things that they've been through. They are the cardiac longhorns. It's it's probably not good for the blood pressure of the older fans in the fan base, <laughs> but it sure is an exciting brand of football. I think it's like the Pac-12 East now because they the they they just always seem to have these high-scoring surfaces that are decided at the last minute. The only difference is you don't have to stay up till two in the morning to see who won. <laughs> and we all like that. Well, Cedric. Uh... The defense has, it feels like, has taken a bit of a step back the last couple of weeks. What What is not working for Todd Orlando's unit? Uh, a lot is not working, and I know they've played in the last uh, five games, they played four of the, the nation's top ten passing offenses. Uh, it all started in that Oklahoma game. They're up 45-24 in the fourth quarter and give up 21 unanswered, and uh at the time, they kind of tried to play it off as it's just Kyler Murray being a great quarterback, and I, that is true. But then Taylor Cornelius from Oklahoma State lights them up, and then uh, Will Greer's as good as advertised uh, for West Virginia. So uh, it's it's assignment football. They miss they they're out of position at times. I think they get a little gassed at the end of these games, and they allow the team to come back on them. I don't think Iowa State is a spectacularly um, explosive offense, even though Hakeem Butler, their, their receiver, is as good as anybody. I, I, they're going to be missing their best running back, David Montgomery, because he got caught up in that fight against Baylor and will be sitting out the first half. So I think that the defense, that's a break for them. But I really do believe that the high-powered uh, throwing offenses are the ones that are going to give them the most trouble. Iowa State only averages 27 points a game, which is kind of a – kind of a different type of uh, offense in the Big 12 where everybody's averaging 35-plus. Cedric Goldenauts, an American statesman, is with us. Uh, Cedric, we'll get back to the field here, but I want to ask you about some news this week that Texas adds Georgia home-and-home uh, home in 2028-2029. i got to be honest, if you're a Texas fan, uh, Cedric, any, any of them out there, this, this team does not shy away from big-time non-conference matchups, and I like the fact that they also do it in home-and-homes and and not neutral sites. What is the philosophy there um, from whether it was Patterson to now Chris Del Conte in getting these big games on the schedule in the non-conference? Does that come from the coaching staff and Tom Herman? Does it come from the boosters, uh, the president? Where does that come from? I think it comes from everybody, and I think ESPN probably, the ESPN slash ABC probably has their their hand in the till as well. That's a major major matchup of uh, traditional powerhouses and it's fan friendly. People get excited about it. You know, uh, Pete. I just hope I'm alive in eight years, so to, to be able to see it, you just never know. It's so far <laughs> down the road. Uh, being a newspaper guy, if I, I'm, I'm just going to be glad to be working in eight years. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about it. I think it's fan friendly. I think it's one of those things that gives uh, fan bases 
something to look forward to. You know it's got kind of a primetime matchup. The, the cool thing is you have no idea where these teams are going to be uh, when that happens. I know when Texas uh, scheduled the, the, the UCLA home and home, or no, one was at Jerry World in Arlington, UCLA had come across them. Uh, they were good when they scheduled it, but by the time they played them, they weren't very good. So uh, the guess here is that both teams will probably still be uh, top 25 worthy, but yeah, that's a win for win for everybody. It'll mm-hmm. be fun to watch. Well, Cedric, don't sell yourself short. The uh, On Second Thought podcast is fantastic. So you're uh, you're a multimedia <laughs> star. Oh, hey man, we appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, we've done 117 of those podcasts so far, and it's been kind of cool. We've had some really uh, good guests on there, and uh, keep listening. It's on hookem.com. That's awesome. Well, Cedric Golden's joining us, Austin American Statesman. So this weekend, of course, a huge matchup against Iowa State. The loser essentially is out of the race, or they are out of the race for the Big 12 championship. Mm -hmm. Uh, You mentioned there, Cedric, that Iowa State is not a team that's going to light you up offensively, but they got a nice young quarterback, a true freshman in there in Brock Purdy. Uh, This is a kid who has not lost yet. He hasn't lost a game since he became the starter. So how can Texas try to get a true freshman uh, at least a little bit confused going into this game this weekend? Well, it's an area where they've, they've been up and down on the season. It's the pass rush. you got to get after him. It's a young quarterback, and Brock Purdy has been really good, 13 touchdowns and only two picks, uh, completing a high percentage of his passes. you got to get after a young quarterback on the road in prime time, and you got to try to make him feel the event, feel the feel, feel the, uh, the buzz that's in the crowd. Make him feel like he's in a beehive because that's the one thing. If you get him off of thinking about football and thinking about the external parts of the game, then then maybe maybe his inexperience in his age will show. He's played like wise way beyond his years. He's got some experience around him, and he's kind of let his teammates uh, do the heavy lifting, and he's just tried to stay out of the way and make plays when his number is called. And uh, Matt Campbell uh, is probably the most underrated coach in college football gets more with less than anybody. He's probably this generation's Bill Snyder. I hate to say it for, for the fans up in Ames, Iowa, don't get too used to Matt Campbell. He's probably leaving pretty soon because I know that phone is ringing. He's one hell of a coach. Hey, he is. He is, Cedric, and there's no doubt that he has been a uh, I mean, he's been a godsend for a place like Iowa State. So uh, are you hearing anything on that, or is it just a hunch of yours that Matt Campbell may not be long for Ames? <laughs> Uh, I've just been in this business for so long that, that I know great coaches uh, that that coach uh, in in good schools uh, are gonna once they win a couple of times they're they're gonna get that call. I mean James Franklin did a great job at Vanderbilt. Guess what? He's not at Vanderbilt anymore. He's at Penn State. Mm-hmm. The, the big dogs want want those guys that they can that they can peg and throw pull up a brinch truck to their house and say lead us to special places. So uh, Matt Campbell. Is, is probably, um, for my friends that cover the NFL teams, um, he's a commodity on that level, and he's a commodity in college. I don't know which one he prefers, but every time I've talked to him, I, and I did get to speak with him at the uh, Big 12 Media Days, he's just a, he's a super interview. He's a smart guy. He's driven. He knows what he's doing, and his kids go crazy for him. They will, walk, they will run through a wall for him. 
Those are the kind of coaches that can turn programs around. I'll predict if he stays there for another 10 years, Iowa State will be winning Big 12 championships. I just don't think he's going to be around for much longer. He's headed for bigger places, I think. Cedric Golden joining us, Austin American Statesman. Well, underrated, I don't know if this is a fair word to use for this guy, but he's certainly done a great job with what he's been asked to do, and that's Herb Hand with that offensive line that uh, struggled early in the season. It's gotten a lot better as the year has gone on. how much credit should Herb Hand be getting for the improvements along that line, Cedric? You know, he's one of the coaches that's not talked about a whole lot. And you know, when you're the offensive line coach, you kind of you kind of want to be anonymous and not not have people talking about you. Usually, when <laughs> they mention a guy like that, it's because he's doing a crappy job. But he's doing a great job because his guys are protecting the quarterback. And and uh, I think Sam Ellinger has, has been one of those think guys who been the prime beneficiary to uh, Herb Hand's work because he's enjoyed great protection. He's got two really good receivers in Lil Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson and um, pretty good running back. So he's got the weapons around him. And when, when the offensive line is, is as good as Texas has been, it kind of allows a young quarterback to settle in and make plays. And that's what's kind of happened. Herb Hand, uh, Tom Herman said it before the season, he's my most important hire and uh, the line had struggled mightily in previous seasons. That doesn't seem to be a uh, point of concern anymore because Sam's getting protection and the Texas offense is putting up points. Last thing for you here, Cedric, as we look at uh, this game this weekend, you know, uh, we talk about how good Iowa State's defense has been. I think it's been the best in the Big 12, especially over the last several weeks. They shut down Will Greer and that explosive offense. You know, we talked also about how Texas's offense has bailed this team out the last couple of weeks behind Sam Ellinger. So uh, what has to happen this weekend for the Texas offense to try to get past this Iowa State defense that has been as good as any? Uh, I think the Texas defense is going to have to put them in better positions. They can't be be looking at long fields to score touchdowns. they got to create some turnovers, get some takeaways, get the ball on the ground. They don't have that many takeaways over the last three games. And I know uh, entering the Texas Tech game, they didn't have it. They had two quarterback pressures against West Virginia and zero sacks. And against a guy like Will Greer, that's the recipe for disaster. And disaster is exactly what happened at the end of that game. So, they got to put the ball on the ground, make it a shorter field, uh, take a little bit of pressure off the offense because I know Iowa State is not an offense that beats itself, uh, so it's going to be very difficult. And like I said before, they're going to have to make this young quarterback feel his inexperience and feel feel his youth, uh, make him fall victim to the event and to the occasion, and then maybe they can get out of there with a win. It's a pick 'em game. I'm looking forward to being there. I just I just think it's. Two really evenly matched teams. Uh, neither one of them is great, but they're both very good. So that's going to be an entertaining evening. Cedric Golden does great work for the Austin American Statesman. Also the podcast, as we mentioned, on Second Thought. Cedric, thank you so much for a few minutes. Really appreciate it. Man, I appreciate it. You take care, man. And we appreciate Cedric joining us here on HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Once again, guys, please rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Send a screenshot of your review to Pete Mundo at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. I'll have that koozie in the mail for you. I will. you got to send me your address, too. So I'll put it in the mail. you get the koozie. Keep those beers cold this weekend, all right? Thanks, guys. Talk soon.